How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. It's time to talk about a lot of stuff. We got some soccer to talk about. We got some uh, Mother Nature stuff to talk about. We've got more soccer to talk about. A bunch of other stuff, painting, helmets, uh, and anything else we can think of. And uh, yeah, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one-two, Godoy, he's found a great ball, and it bolts in plenty of time, he smashes it home, and doubles the visitor's lead, Thomas Ennevolson. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack, a little handsy there, crosses it, Pineda, the extra pass, Seaton finishes! It rolls down to his left and burying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County of the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on Facebook at orange and black soccer cast. How's it going orange County? Welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast. The first and only podcast dedicated to orange County soccer club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are things going? They're okay. Um, Glad to be home, and hopefully I sound normal to everyone. I shouldn't drop out 20 times during this episode, but um, it's usually the best part of my week, and I think this week is already shaping up for that to be the case. And, of course, you were out in Colorado Springs for the 4th of July. Uh, when did you get back home? I got back yesterday morning at, like, 10 a.m. Okay, so you avoided, you know, any of the major shaking that most Southern Californians were feeling uh, over a few days there, especially the people up closer to the epicenter. So um, I felt I nothing. Lucky um, you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, also joining us, we've got Alan. Alan uh, down in San Diego. Alan from San Diego. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Talked to Ray a little bit about my weekend uh, before the show started. It was pretty crazy. And now we're getting back to uh, a little bit of normalcy uh, here in San Diego. Uh, Family's gone for a couple days. We got more family coming in. So it is going to be quite a busy month of July between soccer and family. Go busy July. (laughs) Uh, So we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. We do have a match. It feels like it was such a long time ago because it was a midweek Thursday, 4th of July fireworks spectacular up there in Colorado where Dylan actually was at the event to help cover it and also just enjoy the, the atmosphere there in Colorado Springs. We, again, there was some, earth shaking going on uh, that affected a lot in the sports world over the, uh, a couple days span there. And then we got to talk about this upcoming match against Austin bold, uh, hopefully an opportunity for orange County to get another three points this time on the road. Although Austin is not an easy opponent at all. And then 
as always, we got a bunch of other stuff to talk about soccer wise or, or even just general fun stuff. So let's go ahead and get into the, the, the swing of things here. Let's talk about this Colorado Springs match. Uh, since you were the one at the stadium there, Dylan, I'm going to let you lead off with just sort of uh, your first impressions or first thoughts on that match. Um, I thought we played really well, if I'm being honest. I thought that was a really great team performance. We were playing at altitude. We played a lot of big guys who had a lot of trouble moving around. Um, Brendan Cloutier spoke about that a little bit after the game. We played on a terrible pitch. Uh, basically, everything was set up against us. Um, it was a sellout, and there were not a lot of Orange County fans there. Um, but the team, I mean, the team really played together and uh, and got got a point back, and they went down. And much like they did last year, and we haven't seen so much of this this year, rather than kind of hanging their heads, they got right back into it. They got right back into it and attacked, got a goal back and kept pressuring and kept pressuring and, and kept trying and got that win. Um, Patrick McClain came up huge. and I mean, absolutely huge during that game a f- multiple times, but especially last couple minutes. That, uh, that punch away off the goal line, just amazing. I don't know how that is not the save that he made that's for save of the week, but, um, you know, the USL is terrible at everything. So <laughs> I just, what a game. I was happy. Uh, the players were thrilled after the match. Um, Aiden Quinn was yelling about where his beers were because he wanted to celebrate. Um, Patrick McLean seemed pretty, pretty smug afterwards, and, and rightfully so because... Uh, wow, he absolutely deserved to be after that. It was a great team performance. Well, and let me get to you, Alan. Let me get your thoughts on the match, and let's uh, let's sort of all we'll we'll get into it. But you maybe share your thoughts on um, Patrick McLean in this match and the save that I guess apparently the USL doesn't believe was his best save of the match. Yeah, I, I purposefully watched the highlights to like watch that save again. Like I was like, ah, yes, I'm gonna get to see the save again. And it was like his kick save from kick quote kick kick save earlier in the game, which was pretty impressive. But I'm just like, how was that standing up to punch it off of the goal line to pretty much secure three points? Like if that ball goes in, it's it's another stoppage time heartbreak for Orange County and another draw. And now we're looking at yet another draw on the road. Like that one punch was such a huge deal. Uh, and hopefully uh, sparks a upward trajectory for the rest of the season. Um, I really loved uh, the quotes from the end of the game about, you know, the first 17 games of the season are over. There's nothing we can do about them. Uh, the next 17 is where our season's made. And um, I think we, started off on a, a good foot. We have really positive energy on a road win. Uh, yeah, it's against Colorado Springs, but it's still a road win. And anytime you can win on the road, it's, uh, we'll take it. Um, yeah. Patrick McLean is clear. Uh, it's currently like tied for first. It's kind of like a three-way race right now. So if you were listening to this podcast and you have not yet voted 1500 times for, save of the week please do so there's only like 90 votes uh so if everyone uh votes a couple times uh, we can get patrick mcclain the love he deserves because he's been you know right up there man of the match several times in the past couple games just keeping us in games keeping it close and in this case basically you know keeping us 
uh, three points. Um, fantastic work from him. I thought the offense looked good. I thought they looked dangerous. I thought Edson Alvarado looked really good as well. A nice addition. Uh, the team play to get the second goal was great. Um, I think it was uh, was it Aiden Quinn uh, to Kevin Coleman, who slid it across perfectly to Godoy. It was just such a beautiful goal. And those are the goals that we were used to seeing last year all the time. Uh, used to see that really pretty, really exciting attack. And it there were glimpses of it this season, and there were glimp- it just – it felt so good watching the team play. Uh, Colorado had their chances too. Uh, and then outside of that stupid red card, um, I thought uh, Orange County played really, really well. well and, and as you're talking about, we're seeing like the Patrick McLean, like what I would say was the best save of the match. And I think most Orange County fans, I think even the club on their social media accounts were sort of joking around that it was not even his best save. That's the nominee for save of the week. Uh, but uh, we're watching the highlights there on the live stream courtesy of USL Championship Productions. Uh, again, Patrick Lane, basically, the, the initial shot that comes off the crossbar, there's nothing that anyone can do about it. It just doesn't go in. It it takes a bounce away from the goal. But I forget who it was from Colorado Springs. Jumps on that, gets a nice uh, touch on it. And Patrick Lane basically has to spring up off his behind uh, to punch that ball away right, literally right at the goal line, which this is a save that you're not going to see too often uh, from even goalies in the MLS or even in Europe, let alone in the USL championship. And Patrick McLean makes a great save there. And the fact that it came in extra time uh, when Orange County's up to one and the fact that Orange County has blown plenty of leads this season when it comes to extra time or late in games, that that save became even more important for the team and for Patrick McLean there. So uh, I, I sort of joked around on, on Twitter a little bit earlier on our uh, podcast Twitter account, basically saying it's maybe like a conspiracy theory. Uh, USL doesn't want Orange County's goalkeeper to win this week because they decided to pick the second best save instead of putting the best save on there. Uh, you know, it, it's, it sort of sucks on that because I, 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 I don't think I looked at all those saves. I don't think it should be another pick other than Patrick McLean's off the butt punch the ball away literally right on the goal line there. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about, cause you brought that up Alan too. that, that red card that seemed a little bit ridiculous there. Uh, again, I'm going to go to uh, Dylan first. Cause he was at the stadium and, and I didn't know this for Colorado Springs, but I guess you get a red card. You have to walk like up the stands uh, past the concessions uh, and into the locker room somehow. I mean, is that, is, is that where the players come in and out or was it just specifically in the red card, Dylan? No, that's where they come in and out. Um, so they walk down the stairs, down the stairs. Yeah, it's oh. a section of bleachers. I mean, obviously the bleachers face the field. You walk to the top, and then there's a, a staircase that goes down the backside of the bleachers to two portables, which are the locker rooms. Uh, that Then there's like a chain link fence in the parking lot. So you walk past everyone to get... It, it, it's weird. Um, I don't know what the security situation was like. I assume someone walked up with him. Yes, I saw uh, that. And it was mostly a bunch of like families and stuff sitting over there. So it wasn't like he was walking through a supporter section or anything, um, which would be bad for obvious reasons. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a weird stadium, definitely a weird situation uh, to have that happen. I mean, I'm sure there's probably like a bunch of kids trying to give you high fives and stuff because they don't really know what's going on as, as you've just been sent off. So you're probably like, do I give these kids a high five because I don't really want to? But how bad do I look if I don't? Um, it, yeah, 
it kind of sums up everything about that stadium. It's weird um, and not high quality. Well, let me ask you this, Dylan, because you were at the game, at the match. Mm -hmm. uh, when you saw that play happen, did it look like maybe live in the stadium? Can you justify uh, a red card on that no. from what you saw? Or uh, is, this another, is this another one of those instances where we're going to say, ref, you got it wrong? And, yes. You know, yeah, okay. Yes. Oh, so even man. you at the stadium so clear, live. We're across the stadium, and you can see both of them go. Hume doesn't come across the guy at all. Um, we basically... I know the camera angle, we had the opposite angle. So we don't see Hume go through the guy or across him to get to that ball. We just see them connect. And then I think it was Hunley fall. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, like that's a clash of heads. We've seen this happen a lot. It's not a card. Um, maybe you give it a foul because someone comes off worse and it's the smaller guy. So yeah, you probably, really it should be a drop ball. Um, yeah, and then so people are booing, of course, uh, and like that was a good time. And then uh, the red card, and everyone was cheering, but very questionable call. Uh, it doesn't actually fulfill any of the seven offenses that warrant a sending off, which are serious foul play, violent conduct, spitting, uh, denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity, uh, or uh, using abusive language or receiving a second yellow. It's none of those things. So it was just a terrible call. Uh, the ref clearly wasn't in a good spot to make that call and still went with it anyway. And neither was his assistant. So, you know, welcome to USL refs. Uh, everyone <laughs> suffers. Colorado Springs had a couple calls that were blown and we had a big call that was blown. And thankfully we didn't get punished by it too much. I mean, I hope that the club is going to challenge that because that's not a red card under any circumstances well we we thought the same thing with the uh, the joe miko header that it was definitely not a red card uh but apparently I, I don't know this one's way more clear at least the joe miko one it's on the other side of the field there wasn't a really good camera angle this one is i mean spot on middle like that's where the, the focus of the play is and, and you see it and that doesn't it doesn't satisfy any of those things. That's not violent conduct or serious foul play. So it's not a red card. So what do you think, Alan? Uh, is that, uh, do you have any thoughts on that red card for Walker Hume? Is, you know, did he just, I was, did he get screwed? I was thoroughly surprised that a red card came out because like I said, like Dylan was pointing out that the camera is on that kind of the opposite side from where the referee was. So when I saw it happen, I was like, ah, oh, that was a little bit rough. Maybe a yellow based on kind of how the bodies went together. Like in real time live, it was like, it's probably a foul. But then as soon as like the blood starts just gushing out of his nose, I'm like, I think the ref was like, oh, blood, something wants to happen. <laughs> and because Hume didn't react like he got hit in the head. I think you see the very end of the play as he comes around, his elbow kind of comes up. Uh, is nowhere near making contact with the other player. Um, and I think what the referee saw is an elbow in the air and a dude on the ground bleeding, and he just made an assumption. But if you watch it back again and you watch the replay, Walker Hume goes and grabs his cheek as he's walking away. So it was pretty clear that the dude's face hit Walker Hume's cheek, and he just got the worst end of it and ended up bloody on the ground. 
And I don't necessarily think that just because you're bleeding on the ground, that means that anything necessarily nefarious happened. Um, I think the referee saw blood and overreacted. Um, he saw it, He was like, ah, oh, I watch hockey. So hockey means blood means something really bad happened. Um, it was, it was clearly nothing uh, that Walker Hume did uh, to put him, put the other player in danger uh, he wasn't targeting the other player. You can clearly see him watching the ball on the way in. It's clearly a clash of heads. The other guy just happens to the usually clash of heads happens head to head. It was like face to face. Um, yeah, I was I was flabbergasted. But then again, I think I meant the the comment the last week where maybe Orange County played down a man because they for some reason play defense better when they're down a man or two. Uh, we've seen that a few times where they can defend with, with down a man and, you know, they Patrick McLean saved them. Um, after that red car, they had one, one, one opportunity up a man. Um, and, you know, ultimately it came out. Okay. Um, I did think it was funny that he had to walk through the stands. Hopefully he walked by like a concession stand and grabbed a beer on his way out. That would have been great. That did uh, not- <laughs> or at least some like popcorn or something to kill the time because he had about 10 minutes uh, supposed to be four minutes of stoppage time minimum. It went like 14. Um, but, you know, ultimately we came out of win. The red card didn't affect the outcome of the game. Uh, and so, yeah, the ref messed up. Hopefully they challenge it and get overturned and we can turn the page and uh, move on. Hopefully. Um, which of the two goals for orange County Dylan, uh, would you say was the better uh, uh, goal? Michael Seaton, and that's not just because I'm a huge Michael Seaton fan, um, but that's the that's the one where the shot is the the best thing about it. Um, Coleman, I mean, let's be realistic. If we start with Aiden Quinn, Aiden Quinn's pass to Kevin Coleman was amazing, and then Kevin Coleman managing to slot a ball across and beat every one of the defenders for Geo is that's an amazing. That's definitely the best. The, definitely the best pass. Uh, God, what a just two really good goals. Um, but I think Mike's was better. What about you, uh, Alan? Which do you think was the better of the two goals? I agree. I think that pass to – I'm not sure if Seton's in an offside position, but on a throw-in, you can't be offside. And Contour has some of the most impressive throw-ins on the team. Like, he can just rocket a ball across the field. And I think Seton talked about that in his interview with Dylan about, you know, I just you know knew that that uh, Contour can, can chuck a ball pretty far and – he just beat everyone to it. And that cheeky little poke to put it in at the end is, is just magnificent. Like the Godoy goal is good. Yeah. But there's that little cheeky, just that extra little poke. It's just like, you feel like the team or the goalie is like, yeah, I'm going to make this save. And all of a sudden he's just like, boop. And it's in the back of the net. Uh, I also think it's good to see Michael Seaton get back on the score sheet. I think when he gets hot, uh, Orange County just plays a lot better when he has that confidence to put the ball in the net. Um, it just kind of open and unlocks our offense um, in a way that is exciting um, going forward. Yeah. You know, exciting offense. Uh, and, and I think I talked about it last week. It's sort of that come from behind um, mentality. That's what orange County was known for last season. If they fell behind, they would fight back a lot of times this season. Our big drop in points has been when we've been in the lead heading into the final minutes, either dropping, you know, three points and, and, or dropping two points and ending up with a draw or dropping 
a draw going down to a loss uh, and getting zero points in a match. So the fact that Orange County gave up that goal early in the second half, fought back, got the goal for Seton, and then fought back, got the goal from uh, Godoy, Definitely awesome. And we talked about it last week also. I, I think, Alan, you were the one that was saying, you know, a draw would be great or a draw would be what you sort of are hoping you get out of this. Uh, a win is just that extra gravy on top of the mashed potatoes. I know you didn't say those specific words, Alan. That's my own random thing that I'm saying there. But three points on the road. Dylan, I know you said it was, you know, Colorado Springs, you know, or I don't know. Maybe that was you, Alan. I can't quite remember. Uh, but it's still three points on the road. Uh, and hopefully, you know, Dylan, like you said, some of the players like Aiden Quinn were excited about this victory on the road. So definitely some good stuff there. Um, MVP of the match, uh, Dylan. Oh man. Uh, God, that's a difficult one. I'm really torn between uh, Michael Seaton and Patrick McLean. Um, Gonna have to go with Patrick McLean on this one. I think just because it was such a test those last ten, really fifteen minutes, because of all the extra added time, and he came up big, and came up big, and came up big. And I know there's there's shot, there was a last second shot after the whistle had blown, but he still got to it. Um, I think just based off of that, came up big a few times, but especially those last few minutes when when the rest of the team really needed it. What about you, Alan? Yeah, man of the match for sure, Patrick McLean. I agree, Patrick McLean. Um, that that save in extra time, uh, I I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can say anyone else because of the that save at the end there. I'm seeing Andy on Facebook is throwing up the acronym of PFM. I can only guess what that may mean. Uh, I, I, I'm sure many people probably would know what that F it's means. The same there. F as the one in between L and G when you're talking about the U.S. women's team. If anyone's curious, so L and G, same F that goes in the middle, same meaning. Okay. Well, you're really struggling with this one, right? Come on. I am. I am struggling with it. I'm struggling. I I I think I know what Andy's saying on there because I think that relates to a famous chant for Richard Chaplow. But maybe not. Yes. Maybe I'm exactly. totally wrong. Ex- nope. Yeah. Yep, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I didn't know what you're talking. I didn't know what this ladies' chant was. Uh, I, it's women. Maybe. Jeez. God. Okay. Women. Thing is, damn. I'm gonna get in trouble by Dylan here. Uh. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, it has to be passionately claimed because of this match. Oh, and then um. You know, you had some members. I think uh, Dylan, you can confirm it was like you. And I don't know who who rolled up with you. And then uh, 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 what's his face? Uh, dang it, man! I'm I'm just keep trying off. I'm just got off. It. We uh, only did a fan profile about him like we two weeks did. ago. Blaine, Blaine and his there family. Made his way up there. Was it his family or was it Blaine by himself? It was Blaine. And it was Blaine's Blaine. wife, Alita. Awesome. And I think Blaine's mom and Blaine's two kids and some of their friends who live down in Colorado Springs. And I brought my brother. And uh, so there were maybe ten of us. But as far as you know, that was that was the group. It wasn't. Uh, there uh, were a couple of random stuff. people that had Orange County scarves. Okay. And they sat somewhere else, and <laughs> I saw them for like a brief second. But it was cool to see some other people, uh, especially you know, thirteen hundred miles from home, and uh, also and like not long after a massive hailstorm. So it was it was a good time. Uh, and it was cool to see everyone and 
we were loud, regardless of the fact that we were quite outnumbered. Well, that's always pretty amazing when you can get a nice big group or not a big group, but a nice group of fans that make the trip out. Uh, Colorado Springs isn't the easiest trip. We know from last week when Dylan was attempting to uh, interact with Alan and I on the podcast and he was in and out of cell service on his drive up into Colorado Springs. Uh, I think Dylan, I I think I counted like 13 disconnects where he had to call back in and and rejoin what we were doing. But um, Props to you. Props to any other fan that made their way out there. Again, Blaine and his his group of fans there. I, I would assume that it's Blaine that manned the County Line Coalition Twitter account on the way home. And on his way home, he found an amazing um, sign that it looks like, I guess, because of the victory, Colorado decided to name a road after County Line Coalition, County Line Road. Um, I'm throwing up the image right there. If you're watching our live stream, uh, live hey, stream you can see it. If not... Familiar. If not, you saw it uh, if you follow Candleline Coalition on Twitter. If you do not follow them, make sure you do follow them. Uh, if you're an Orange County fan, you best be following them. Uh, and they're, uh, I believe, what's their Twitter? It's at County um, County Line Coalition. Coalition. Is that County what it is? Line, I don't know. Well, I'm yeah, that, that sign's about halfway at in county, At County Coalition. That's what there I thought it was. County at, at County Coalition. Uh, I don't know why the line's missing. Maybe someone had already taken that. But yeah. Um, so there was a street named in the honor of the victory there, um, jokingly saying that, of course, if you think I'm serious, then yeah. Uh, how but, you, how have, if you think he's serious, how have you made it this far? On how have you made it, yes, how have you made it that far? Um, let's talk about this before we get into the preview of the next match. Between the Orange County victory out there in Colorado Springs and now uh, Orange County or, or Southern California in general's had some shaking going on a little bit of their own. Uh, and uh, it wasn't just, you know, the shaking because people were so excited of orange County winning on the road, a couple of earthquakes, Dylan luckily missed out on any earthquake activity because he was still in Colorado at the time of it. Uh, I did speak with Alan before we went live. He didn't really feel much down there in San Diego. I will say I did feel both of the big ones, the one on uh, July 4th and also the one on July 5th in the evening. Uh, I am thankful that we were far enough away down here in South Orange County that it didn't impact us at all. I want to say, you know, thoughts, prayers, wishes to anyone that was affected by the earthquake up there in the Ridgecrest area or anywhere in the surrounding areas that uh, were definitely impacted because, you know, there's a lot of videos. We live in a day of age where people are recording the moment something happens. You know, I, I can remember... Back in 1987, the Whittier Narrows earthquake, I was actually home alone as like an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, whatever I was at that point. I think I was eight. Um, or I think I was about to turn eight because I was born in 79. This was 1987. You're so old. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm so old. But I was actually home alone, and it was like a six-point-something earthquake in the Whittier or in those hills by Whittier area. Definitely a scary thing, you know, being so close to it and stuff like that. I just cannot imagine being in a 7.1 earthquake, which is what those people had to go through. Um, So, again, just thoughts, prayers, wishes out to anyone impacted by that. Hopefully, uh, you know, recovery soon and and get back to normal life soon. I know there's been a lot of shaking there since those have started. I even was looking before we went live. There was a couple like four point somethings today. Uh, which, you know, if you're right in that area, you're feeling those. So I just could not imagine you go through a 7.1 and then you're feeling like random 4.5s, 4.0s throughout the day. So uh, sucks, you know, sort of sucks in that uh, it it did impact a lot of, well, it did impact a lot, but 
it was seen through sports, you know, the, the NBA summer league in Las Vegas, they, they basically stopped a game because of it. Didn't finish the game. Dodger stadium. There's, there's a video of the camera shaking up there while uh, the play just kept going on. Um, it, I've been in an earthquake at Dodger stadium. So I know what that feels like as well. So it's, it's interesting. It's, it's crazy. It's Southern California. It's where we live. It happens. Um, just, you know, the best hope you can have is that you're prepared for any kind of crazy earthquake. For those of you that do not live in earthquake country and don't know what it's like, it's definitely a scary thing. Uh, even if you're, ex you know, an experienced veteran of earthquakes, when the earth starts shaking, your heart start, starts pounding still, at least mine does. And I start looking around, I'm like, oh, is this going to be big or is this going to be uh, normal size or small or whatever? So, uh yeah, if we have any fans that listen to us or follow the team that were involved with that earthquake, you know, let us know, tweet at us. Uh, we'll share your story with with the people that follow us uh, in the soccer world. Let's get into the next match for Orange County, which is against Austin Bold. And, and you know, I've been so distracted because I had my, my one of my dogs got injured this weekend. So I've been dealing with that a lot. I've been getting very little sleep because you're trying to watch a dog that got stitches, not lick themselves. And when you have two dogs, it makes it harder. So I forgot to reach out to our, our friends at the, the, the Three Birds Bold cast. Uh, we had a great time with them last time they were on here. Uh, you know, I just forgot to reach out to them today. So I'm sad that we don't have them here to talk about this match. Austin's doing decently good. I think when I checked earlier today, they're sixth in the West, uh, which is definitely, I, I think, a lot higher than most people thought they'd be for their inaugural season. Definitely. Uh, as an Orange County fan, I hoped Orange County would be higher than Austin heading into this match, but it is what it is. We're on the road out there in Austin. Uh, I don't know. I you know I know a lot of people traveled out to Colorado Springs for the most recent match. I don't know how many people are planning to make it out to Austin. If you do, it's a great city. Go out there, enjoy it. Uh, if not, uh, you know we'll all be able to watch in other ways. Alan, what are you expecting out of this Austin Bold match? Uh, can Orange County keep up, or I guess continue this? this great one game run of form on the road? Uh, it's going to be tough. I know Austin plays pretty well at, at home. Um, the last home game was against Colorado where they destroyed them five to nil. Uh, they got beat by San Antonio uh, last week, um, three nil, but that was definitely on the road. Uh, so they're one of those teams that do pretty well at home. Um, and, uh, do okay on the road. They're five, one and three at home. Uh, so I think this is another one of those games where as a fan, you're going to set yourself up for your, your heart is hoping for a win. Your brain is hoping for a draw um, because they, it's going to be a tough match. Um, they've had home wins against uh, Phoenix. Uh, they've had home wins against OKC and Colorado switchbacks uh, are the kind of the big wins. Notable wins because of good teams and also because it was a 5-0 onslaught against Colorado. Um, I think it'll be, if Orange County plays the way they played last weekend, um, I think they have a really good chance of pulling out a victory. Um, if they regress back to their normal home or road form, I think it's going to be a tough one to pull out a draw, but I have some hope that, uh, there's a lot of really good players in the field. Uh, no one's suspended, uh, except for maybe Walker Hume. Uh, but we got some guys who can fill in for that. 
and the offense is starting to look a little bit more dangerous. Patrick McLean is saving things and standing on his head to keep things out of the net. Uh, so I think we have a good shot. I'm I'm feeling pretty positive about it. Uh, but my realistic, my brain is saying that it's going to be a tough one to get a win. What about you, Dylan? Uh, can Orange County take another three points on the road out there in wacky Austin? Yeah. Yeah, they can. Um, if you look at Austin, yeah, they're performing well. They are in sixth right now. Uh, seven wins, five draws, six losses, uh, 26 points. But they don't win by a lot of goals with the one exception of the match against Colorado. They have never won a match by more than one goal. Uh, it's a bunch of two ones and a bunch of three twos. And then there's the one five nil absolute slaughter from a couple weeks ago. And I think now the team has gelled. Um, we'll be coming down for a little bit out soon, hopefully a decent amount of rest. Uh, that they'll be a little bit faster than, I mean, I don't want to say that they're geriatric because they are younger than you, Ray, but um, Austin's not exactly a young team. A lot of those guys are mid-30s, not in great shape. So I think if we try and do the opposite of what we did in Colorado and try and run them into the ground, we'll probably probably come over with another three-point performance, I think. I love it, Dylan. Actually, trying to like throw some heat at me there about my age. Usually, just about you know your inability to speak or making up words. Never about my age. Never about my age. Yeah, I can see some gray hairs. The worst thing is, I think I have more gray hairs than you do. So I'm sure, Dylan, if if you were to watch pop culture and watch something like Stranger Things on Netflix, you would have no idea what most of those things that they're using on that show are like the, like what the phones are that they use. You would think those are some weird corded uh, walkie talkie type things or something like that. And um, so, yeah, if you want to talk about age. Yeah. Alan, how are you doing? Are you uncomfortable between (laughs) Dylan and I's age battle here whatever there's gonna be an ageism on. lawsuit so uh <laughs> i'm gonna need to get i think your wife. usually usually think... ageism is directed towards the older person so maybe i'm gonna have to reach out to uh the attorney that i know there alan's wife and say hey <laughs> what kind of lawsuit do i have against dylan for... i think age discrimination only starts in like you're past 45 or 50 and you're almost there oh, so I'm close, I'm close. 40 yeah. in a couple months uh right, so really good yeah. now yeah, Dylan's right. Austin Bold's goal differential is two. Uh, even with that 5-0 victory over Colorado, uh, they lost 3-0 to San Antonio. Uh, so you're right. He, they do win or lose by not a lot. But again, um, you know, you can probably say the same thing about us in Orange County is that um, outside of, I think, Tacoma, most of our, and Phoenix, uh, most of our games have been, you know, pretty tight as well. So um, I think we put two in, we win. Um, and that's kind of what I think we should aim for is uh, get a couple goals. And I think we can, if we can score two, I think we, we can walk away pretty easily with a win. Uh, but if our offense struggles to put the ball in the back of the net, like it had, there was a run of form uh, that we were just not scoring. Um, I think if that rears its ugly head back at us again, I think we're going to have a tough time. Um, but, you know, I do agree with Dylan that the, the offense is coming around. Um, 
Darwin Jones being back out there has been magnificent. They just look way more dangerous. Uh, they just need to continue that organized attack and not just pump balls over the top and try to beat them with speed. Really try to think about keeping the ball on the ground, passing it really well. Um, I think they have guys who can move the ball around and beat some players one-on-one. And I think doing more of that is going to be beneficial. Um, and I think that they're starting to play that way again. And so I think that, like I said, two goals, I think we walk out of there with three points and, you know, if we walk out of there with three points, we're, st- we're talking about Orange County being a playoff team again. Oh, yeah. Um, I just put this in the chat, but a win for us um, and depending on results elsewhere going our way, uh, we could get all the way up into sixth where the bold uh, currently are. Seventh? I'm bad at math. Which is crazy. Sixth? Seventh? <laughs> something like that. We jump, you know, oh. six, seven spots in the... You're going to bring up the numbers and the position, and then you can't even get your math right. It's because we don't do it. We do it in a way where if you have more wins, and so it would actually be further down, and we'd probably be in eighth because we do it by wins and not overall points because that's – we got to be different here in the USL as we rename everything after England. Yeah, I'm not bitter. If the teams above us lose (laughs) – And we win, that's good. We can pop up to (laughs) to ninth. Yeah, Real Monarchs. See, music uh, teacher, man. Uh, we replaced the energy actually because we're even on goal difference right now. Yeah, they got we 20. Won, our goal difference was improved. They got 26 and we got 22. I can't count. Oh my God. <laughs> so, everyone, this is why I'm an English major. Is because, uh, and those are playing extremely stupid. Unless we're playing, uh, what is that, MTV Rock and Jock basketball, where it's like a four-point four or five-point victory, that'd be awesome. That, like, 20-foot basket is, like, five points. By the way, I, I don't know if Dylan knows this. When he talks, I try and throw up a, a picture of I him. I saw, yeah. Courtesy yeah. of Brad Polanski up there in uh, in Reno when he visited up there. He got, like, a great candid shot of Dylan. I don't know. What are you saying in that picture, Dylan? Because it looks like you're trying to say something to him. I was just you, asking you him why, why he was taking a picture. And then once he said, oh, I'm taking a picture – I was like, oh, we'll get this one. And I pulled my shorts up a bit so you can see my tan line. <laughs> um, but he didn't send that one in for some reason. He's like, no, 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 that's kind of weird. And I was like, yeah, because taking a picture of someone isn't already weird. Um, so hopefully you can change it over to that one next because I got some sweet tan lines. <laughs> and for people that don't watch our live stream, he, Dylan basically has a picture. He's like in some biker shirts, shorts, it looks like. Uh, wearing a pair of running shorts. Okay, running shorts, an OC jersey, and a, a County Line Coalition scarf. Oh, by the way, our podcast is sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, which provides a great option for custom scarves, whether it's for your supporter group, your team. It, the team could be a pro team. It could be a local rec team. So check out Roughneck Scarves. Also, I'm sure if Dylan ever wanted to, he could go get him custom uh, shirt jersey or something like that over from uh our other sponsor golden gold press so check that all out there um who is the player that needs to perform at the top of their game for orange county to get three points in austin uh dylan darwin jones uh i think he's he's been that huge offensive threat he pulls guys around he beats them one-on-one and then he gets that cross cross uh, into the box if he's on his a game we're scoring two maybe three goals easily in this match and we're like absolutely making their defenders look stupid which is just as much fun as winning awesome what about you alan that would have been my first thought as well um 
And I think if we can get uh, either uh, Jerry Van Wolfgang or whoever plays on that left wing to do the same, I think we can attack from both wings. I think that keeps the defense guessing. Uh, they can't cue in on DJ, uh, even though DJ can break them down one-on-one anyway. Uh, I think if we can balance that attack on the left wing as well. If we're bombing balls in from the left and the right, um, I think you know we got a really good chance of, of getting Michael Seaton to put one in with his head. Uh, he's been really close. He just hasn't been able to find the target quite yet. And I think he's just hankering to get one of those crosses headed in. And I think once he finds that, um, put him in with his head, put him in with his feet, uh, we're going to be a really good team, really fun to watch. Uh, so I do agree with Darwin Jones. That was my first, uh, that's where I first went. But I think if we can get uh, either uh, Van Wolfgang or if Godoy plays on that left wing, or uh, whoever's, or, yeah, whoever plays on that left side to kind of balance that out, I think we're going to be really, really dangerous. It's kind of like a three-headed attack, if you will. Can I say, I hope that the goal that Seton scored there in Colorado Springs is the beginning of a great run from him. It was about this time last season that Michael Seton just all of a sudden figured it out, went on a nice run. Now, again, he did have a partner in Thomas and Volton who was making things easier for him. Uh, but I think after a year of just sort of figuring things out, getting to where he is now, he's now the man for Orange County as far as the offense. I know he has Vinicius there that can help him out uh, every so often, but I- I'm hoping now this is where he went on the run last season. I'm hoping now he's going to go on a run this season uh, and-, and heading into the postseason, which would be amazing. So hopefully that goal in Colorado Springs is the the springboard for a great run for Michael, Se- Michael Seaton. And hopefully here in Austin, he's going to have two goals in the match. Uh, in, in an Orange County victory in our, our second road victory in a row and second road victory of the year, basically. So uh, that's what I think there. Uh, predictions, Dylan, who's going to win this match or is, or who's going to, what, what's the score going to be in this match? 3-1 uh, Orange County. Alan, what about you? I'm hoping for a 2-0 and we need a clean sheet. We do. We need, we, when was the last clean sheet we had uh, in a, in a match? I can't remember. San Antonio. I don't know if you're correct, Dylan, but I'll trust you on that. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to go 2-1. I, I, I'm hoping two goals for Michael Seaton will be the two for Orange County. Uh, I, I have no idea who will score for Austin. I, 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 I don't know if they can get a clean sheet at this point. Um, hopefully uh, we get there, though. Patrick McLean has a great uh, – he starts coming along and gets some clean sheets heading into the, the second half of the season here. Yeah, San Antonio was the last clean sheet uh, on May 11th. Nil-nil draw. Last clean sheet with a victory was April 10th against Tacoma Defiance. Yeah, that's not ideal. It's been two months since <laughs> we drew, and uh, yeah, that's that's not great. But hey, but, things are on the up and up. Yes, yes. Good things coming for Orange County. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, Let's get into this. And so let's uh, figure out what other soccer stuff do we want to talk about here today? Uh, we talked about, uh, oh, there was supposed to be a, a match for Orange County today that got canceled for whatever reason. Uh, we were just basically told that there was uh, con- contractual obligations for Cruz Azul, uh, which was supposed to be Orange County's exhibition opponent. Uh, no details as far as I know. I don't know, Dylan or Alan, if you have the inside scoop on why or what these contractual obligations are for Cruz Azul uh, as far as their, I don't know. It sounded like it's like American contractual obligations. So I have no idea what that means, but uh, yeah, they didn't get to play. 
I got nothing. Come on, My you're like the closest that... guy to Mexico, Alan. You should know this stuff. Does that mean? That means a lot. Apparently, Alan, you're an honorary Liga MX expert <laughs> and also apparently knowledgeable about Mexican affairs and uh, top and, flight con- And their contracts with American soccer uh, opponents or something. What are your thoughts, Dylan? Uh, do you have any ideas, any rumors, any, you know, you want to just uh, start some random, uh, random guesses? Um, which I guess makes it the start of a rumor, but probably they have to play a top flight club or something in the U S or top flight clubs have to sign off, um, on a friendly being played because of all the rights and the territories of the rights. So So then LA galaxy is who who we have to blame for this. Sure. (laughs) I mean, why not? Um, I mean, they were, they were in orange County doing some training, uh, there's if you go to the Cruz Azul FC verified account, uh, it's all in Spanish. So if you don't speak Spanish, good luck. You'll or, or or hit that oh, translation man. button on your Twitter machine. Donde esta Disneylandia? Is um, it just North. Disneyland? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's Disneylandia. <laughs> I I used to work the parking lot at Disneyland, and cars would pull up, and the people that spoke Spanish would say, "Donde esta Disneylandia?" So they did have some type of like training going on, and it's definitely at the Championship Stadium Park. Uh, so I'm going to have to defer to Dylan and his assumption that it's probably something to do with with the galaxy. Some, some type Just blame of, it on MLS guys. That's a terrible yeah. league. Don yeah. Garber's fault. <laughs> they didn't shell out enough. They didn't were- chill out enough. Hey ho. They were supposed to play in Columbus, but the game got moved to Austin. So, so they're going to play a non-existent team. <laughs> I don't know. The first and only professional team. <laughs> Lost in right. Trees FC. We still, Austin we, Broccoli. We still need to fight them on that because we started using the first and only on our podcast. So Austin FC or whatever your name is, talk to me. Get the yeah, right between the back. ageism suit and uh, now this, uh, <laughs> Alan, you're really busy. Uh, Alan, make it happen. Bring it, bring us some money, Alan. We started, <laughs> we started using the first and only as our like slogan, and then Austin FC comes in and does that and and tries to like throw shade at uh, Austin Bold. I guess I don't know. Um, ah, whatever. Or there's not a touch because MLS. Yeah, MLS. Uh, so blame MLS for the reason why. Cl- uh, what is it? Uh, Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul. I was about to say Club Azul. I'm like, no, that's not right. Club Cruz Azul. Yeah, Cruz Azul could not play against Orange County in a friendly at Championship Soccer Stadium because basically MLS. We have no sources on that. We're just speculating and saying that. Cite me. Which, which, At no, me. no, no. I, I've learned you sort of can do in media because if anyone follows NBA and this whole Kawhi Leonard thing that was happening, like every single expert had a different story of what was going to happen. And basically no one got it right. Everyone said, you know, all these people were like, I think Chris Broussard on Fox sports was basically saying it's between the Raptors and the Lakers. The Clippers are completely out of it. They have no shot. And then lo and behold, Clippers pull off some random miracle, which is a totally different story. I'll save that for later on our podcast. If they were smart, they would have just said he's going to L.A. And then be like, see, I told you. Hey. He's going to either L.A. or Toronto. So there you go. Um, yeah, so I have no idea why La Machina did not want to play Orange County or yeah. couldn't play Orange County. Yeah, there's some reason behind it. We're just going to be like Chris Broussard and speculate that it has something to do with MLS. 
um, our sauces are telling us that, uh, which if you follow NBA, that's sort of a joke with Chris Broussard. Um, what else can we talk about? Oh, let's talk about, I think the U.S. women brought home a World Cup championship, something that the men still cannot seem to figure out how to do in any kind of capacity, even if it's just like, you know, North American or, or you know, American tournaments. Uh, it was a, what, a 2-0 victory in the final against the Netherlands, I believe? Yep. Yep. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Beautiful. I think Alan was there with a bunch of San Diego uh, American outlaws. Uh, where were you guys at, Alan? Uh, Peco Park opened up. Uh, they did it for the semifinals as well. They just opened up. Uh, there's a, it's called Park in the Park. Kind of like a... Park in the Park. Yeah, it's like a grass hill. There's like a little mini baseball field that little kids can play on. There's a sandbox. There's a stage with a giant TV. And they opened it up. Uh, free of charge, half-price beers. Uh, one of the local businesses or bars opened up at 6 uh, for beer and breakfast. And uh, you... They just let you in. It was a great time. Uh, several thousand uh, fans packed uh, the back end of Petco Park, and uh, it was probably the most fun I've ever had watching a game on TV. Um, I prefer to watch it in person, but um, I'm not flying to France. Uh, so it was a blasty blast. Uh, USL folks were out there passing out T-shirts, Sholos uh, were there for the semifinal with some like cheerleaders and like a photo <laughs> booth. Uh, it was just kind of a great time. It was really cool to see a community coalesce around uh, women's soccer, or as I would, you know, in America, the better version of soccer for our nation. For uh, our nation, um, and it was a great time. Uh, lots of people cheering and clapping, and drumsticks being broken and curse words being sung in songs because halfway through no one cared about the kids anymore uh <laughs> it was it was just such a fun time my brother and his his daughter came out they, they're from georgia uh so they came out to watch the game too it was um quite a memorable experience who cares where johnny's at you know running around with a bunch of people we're watching the women's u.s team win the world cup right uh dylan where were you uh during this whole awesomeness of the final i was in north denver had a small family-owned brewery uh watching it with like 10 other people which was kind of cool more intimate yeah um and it was you know denver for those of you who don't know is basically full of people from the midwest so they don't know anything about soccer and so they're like complaining about <laughs> offside calls while they're wearing baseball caps and like american flag <laughs> onesies and American flag tights, which is not a sight you should ever see someone that's like 300 pounds wearing, but yeah, uh, you know, um, so I drank some average beer and, and watched the game and some cores. No, uh, I drank, it was a brewery for, it was a beer from that brewery. Um, you're in Colorado and you're not drinking cores. I didn't go to the brewery. I've already gone twice. Um, so I didn't bother this time, and there's a lot of other options. But yeah, you know, I watched the game and watched Fox talk about the men's playing men playing in the Gold Cup later that day because I don't know they don't know what they're doing and watched Alexi Lalas look as stupid as possible and Your open his mouth and person. say nothing of any sort of meaning as per usual, um, and then watched Rose Lavelle score a freaking baller goal 
to to really i think cement the fact that the u.s women's team is actually good at soccer despite what the last 15 minutes of every one of their matches would have you believe <laughs> yeah she is phenomenal like the touch she made to give her space to put Amazing. that goal in like was it was phenomenal like it's like video game stuff like you just don't see people do that in a normal run of play especially in a world cup final these are supposed to be the two best uh teams in the world like that touch was just phenomenal and she the pace that she puts on the ball for having legs that are like two inches around like her play is just it's so inspiring that you don't have to be like super duper like buff muscular you just have to put your body in the best shape possible. And she is just naturally talented and gifted and a phenomenal, phenomenal football player. Well, and I think some of the talk, you know, after or through this whole World Cup is this sort of transition and this handoff from the, you know, veterans of the U.S. women's team down to some of the younger players. And, you know, like like we were talking about, I, I think the men's team sort of peaked what like eight years ago, and, and they're no, they in the thirties, man. Come on, well, no, no, that but one I, time that they got third place in the World Cup, where they knocked out like England, at, you know, at some point. But no, no, in recent times there was this, there was this like high where you're like almost like, hey, they have a chance of actually competing. I, I think they won some sort of tournament pre World Cup. Uh, you know, I, I forget what it was. It wasn't a big tournament, but it's just something that looked awesome. Where you look at this, the, the women's team, and they've just been consistent, consistent, consistent. And you're looking at, okay, you got this like older group of players on the team that probably won't be here in four years. Are they going to be able to continue it? And we saw from this World Cup that there is enough enough quality young American women playing where they should be able to dominate in four years. Uh, and in between that time there, because there's a lot of great players and it's not just, you know, the, the household name of Alex Morgan, that that's going to, you know, be leading us into this next generation of soccer, which is an awesome thing to see. Whereas you look at like American men's soccer, I think every, everything is revolving around Christian Pulisic uh, as far as he's the, the man for us men's soccer. And, and there's not really any other household name when it comes to the us men's team, which sort of sucks uh, in that. Josh, Josh Sargent, Timothy Weah. Yes. Winston McKinney. Soccer, soccer fans will pick up those names, but for the average American sports fan, it's about Christian Pulisic and that's about it. They don't know some of these other names and the reason they don't know that is the men just lose a lot they 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 can't find a way to to put it together and win and, and yeah yeah I, I have a feeling that 2022 is that the next one i believe 2023 is well, going to be or women? men for the women. i think men. the 2020 2022 for us men's is about qualifying again I think 2026 is kind of the target for the men's team with them hosting. Um, women, like their their job is going to be tougher and tougher as countries put more and more resources into women's teams. Uh, what I would like to see in the future is some more South American and African continent teams uh, showing getting some love and some influx of funding um, to make the games even more enjoyable. Like I had such a great time watching the women's world cup this year. 
outside of maybe a couple matches, they're all really entertaining, uh, really high quality, uh, good scoring, good defense, good defenses, quality goaltending. Like some of the things that people have poo-pooed women's soccer about, it was like, oh, the goaltenders aren't that great. There was some amazing, amazing play this World Cup. And uh, what I'm hoping is that this kind of builds not just in America for demanding uh, resources being put equally into both men's and women's sports, um, but also worldwide. Um, you hope that Argentina like finally figures out their life. You hope Brazil continues to invest. You hope some of these teams like Nigeria uh, really find a way to fund both teams equally uh, because then it just, it just makes the game more enjoyable to watch. It's not like three good teams who just roll over everyone. Uh, that's not fun. That's only fun when you're playing on FIFA. Um, <laughs> when you're watching real life, you want these teams to be good and you want the games to be entertaining and I don't – I think there was maybe like one or two games where I was like, ah, this is kind of whatever. There were so many great storylines and great games uh, that didn't involve the U.S. Uh, that were – it just gets you excited to uh, watch women's soccer. Perfect. Um, other soccer stuff to talk about. Any, any, anyone want to throw something out? Yeah, Andre Rawls is amazing. <laughs> He's just a wonderful human being. Um, I think you got a chance to speak with him. Yeah, there we go. I did get a, I get a, I did get a chance to speak with him. So um, wait, wait, wait. Did you ask him the question? I think that all Orange County Soccer Club fans would want you to ask. And does he miss playing for Orange County? I can't say. Um, you didn't ask. Ah. Oh. I can't say the answer. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I said we miss you. I didn't ask, and he said, you know, I, I miss being around. Um, but you know, he's he's looking forward. Uh, Tim Howard retires at the end of this year in a couple months. I think it's about three months away from retirement for Tim Howard. So uh, Andre Rawls is is really got to be up there for maybe being the Rapids' number one um, and, and getting that shot in MLS, which he deserves. So that's a it's a huge thing for us and or for him. Um, but he was, you know, mostly just looking at this year as a, you know, both the club and, and he had a really great year last year and both the club and here not having such a great 2019 run of things, but um, just trying to keep positive moving forward and, and not letting an off, you know, a series of off performances kind of derail everything, which was really insightful to hear from someone um that's so closely tied and and you know his job really relies on his performance and and how many goals go past him and so in a game that he lost um and then you know following a week after a game that he let five goals in which was not all his fault um but a good portion of his defense as well um it was a nice little change he's a he's a great person so i i do miss him i i think 99% of Orange County Soccer Club fans miss that guy. If you don't miss Andre Rawls, you can stop listening <laughs> forever. I don't like you. No, please listen. You can listen. You can disagree with us. Dylan is just... No, you're not allowed to disagree with Andre. Andre is a great person. His parents did a wonderful job of raising him. And he, his parents were genuine people, too, because I think both of us have had experiences talking with his parents last season uh, I know I talked with his parents after that loss against Phoenix and they 
I remember they mentioned, you know, it's out of his control, but he'd love to be back with Orange County, which is awesome to hear because I think he was probably one of the most loved players on the team last season, if not the most loved player on the team last season. I know you give props. Seton's up there. Uh, Aiden Quinn's up there. There's some other players that are up there, but I think a lot of the fans loved Andre Rawls. He was part of that uh, embracing the fan atmosphere. He was part of that. Let's go show the fans love after the matches, which I think without him there this season, the team has sort of struggled to figure out how to do that. I, I know it sort of has gotten better as of late, but towards the beginning of the season, it's like, hey, players, come say what's up to the fans after the match, especially the supporters group, because we're out there cheering for you, win or lose, rain or shine. Uh, and, and Andre Rawls always did that last season, and, and uh, that's a big thing that I think the, the team has missed this season as opposed to last season is that sort of someone to help lead the players to embrace the fans uh, at the games. <sighs> Alan, Alan, you got some news. Yeah. yeah. Um, the rich get richer. El Paso locomotive uh, just announced that they're signing Sebastian uh, Velasquez. Uh, you might remember Sebastian Velasquez from uh, a couple of years ago, last year's with uh, Real Monarchs scored 16 goals and 47 appearances. Uh, he was named to the championships all league first team as he helped the Monarchs claim the league's regular season championship. Um, so El Paso is just going to get better. This seems like El Paso is like, Hey, we're kind of good. Let's see what we can add to kind of push us over the top and help us catch the top end of the West. Uh, that is spells bad news for everyone else in the West. Um, Luckily, we've already played them on the road, uh, so uh, we only have to see them at home, I believe, and that is on September 14th, uh, so hopefully by then we get some good video and figure out how to uh, stop that added attack, uh, but the West just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Um, I think the East is more top-heavy. I think the West is more equally balanced pretty much from top to bottom outside of maybe Phoenix and maybe Fresno right now. Um, although Reno's playing really well. Uh, El Paso is just saying, Hey, we want to get to home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, so it's a little bit scary, but we don't have to worry about that until September. Hopefully we wish him the best to beat up all the rest of the West uh, before we have to face him. And maybe like, I don't know. he, Take a night off. Yeah, you know, he gets a night off. He's got, you know, a, a party to go to or, a, um, you know, maybe gets the 24-hour flu. So he feels really terrible for one day and he's fine the next day. We don't want to wish him horrible things. But, um, yeah, that's kind of a big news in, in the USL as far as signings are concerned. Well, so talking about signings in the USL, is there anything that Orange County can – or is there anyone Orange County can bring on at this point to sort of help the team? Thomas and Voltson? Is he done with? There's no Indy? way there's there's no way that Indy are shopping him around. Well, okay, I, okay. Realistically, there is there anyone they can bring? Uh, oh, in? Harry Kane! Come on, we can afford those wages. <laughs> uh, I mean, That's I know, I know we've joked about it a little bit. You know, uh, Honda come in over. You know, he's sort of invested in this team. Uh, he currently is still looking for a club or a team, but I don't think that's happening. Uh, I would love to see it happen. It would be like sort of what happened with Phoenix and Dragba. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, a couple more years before we see that one going on. Cause 
Honda's not that old. Bring Chris Cortez back. Maybe find a way to get him away from what Thailand or wherever he is. Oh, he's he's done in Thailand now. Is he, he done in Thailand? Yep. All right. Hey, there you go. Bring him back. He's a local kid. We brought in local Michael Roscoe. We can bring back Chris Cortez. He used to play for the club a few years back. Uh, we know he could score goals. That's the thing. It's like I don't like looking at the lineup. Bring in Landon Donovan. You know who knows? Yeah. Um, I think maybe like a central defensive midfielder. Maybe is maybe where we need. Right, but that's the thing. It's like at this point, we just need our players to perform. I don't think we need anybody. Like we're not like missing a piece. We have good offensive players. We have when uh, Christian comes back, we have some you know good defensive midfielders. We have some really positive attacking midfielders. We have a pretty decent back line that, you know, maybe gives up a, a set piece goal here and there now. But, you know, outside of mental mistakes, it's not like we're, it's not like Walker Hume's getting beat on the dribble. It's not like Contour's getting beat on the dribble. It's not like these guys are, are just bad soccer players. They're just underperforming based on where they should be. And they're not playing well on set pieces. Right. I think it's just a concentration thing more than a skill thing. I think it's a, just a desire to be successful. It's that Michael uh, Seaton saying, no one's going to beat me to that front post. It's like that kind of mentality I don't think is, exists player to player or didn't. Uh, and hopefully we see that kind of come together and we take that approach of, you know, we're not going to take any prisoners. We're not going to be like, oh, we're okay. It's early season. I think we're going to see them turn it up and turn it on. And I just don't, I don't know if we need to necessarily add anything. We just need to a cohesive unit that plays well together that can play, you know, similar lineups every week because we've had a lot of shuffling and I think we just need them to perform. I think that's what it boils down to. Darwin Jones has been not Darwin Jonesy. Michael Seaton hasn't been Michael Seaton. You know, Aiden Quinn hasn't been quite the same Aiden Quinn because he's playing a different role. I think how, it's does, just, how does Aiden Quinn not get the, the Aiden Quinn any? Because I think uh, Aiden Quinn is doing the best job that he can in the role that he's being asked to do without Christian Duke. Without I think Christian with Christian Duke, Duke yeah. with Christian Duke in there, Aiden Quinn's a totally different player. Right. Uh, he's probably got like five more goals, five more assists on the season, but because he's having to sort of fill in for that Aiden or for that Christian Duke, uh, gap there in the midfield no disrespect to anyone that's been trying to fill in there like uh liam trotter or anyone else but christian duke was a solid part of a championship contender last season so i just think we just need a team to perform more than we need any specific one piece here and there like yeah if, if honda wants to come up and play then for sure like we could use him to on the field as you know someone who knows what he's doing and to get people to buy tickets but not that the people on the field don't, but just another person on the field who can kind of be a, a field general, if you will, because he's, he's played tons of games at yes. a high level. Current so, Orange County players, you know what you're doing on the field. Alan's not saying you don't know what you're doing out there, that we need Honda out there. He's just sort of bringing it out there. I just wanted to hear you say Aiden Quinnany. Aiden Quinnany? Something, I don't know. Michael Michael Seatney and, you know, Darwin Jones, Jonesy. I don't know. So, yeah. Sorry. We're getting to that point of the podcast where we just start going crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, any other soccer related stuff anyone wants to bring up before we get to our random stuff? 
Uh, the EFL is beginning preseason, so England games are coming back. Luton Town's in the championship. They got a couple matches on TV. Uh, they play in Millwall September 2nd, I think. That'll be on TV. That'll be on Sky Sports. You'll be able to find it either on ESPN Plus or on You're the stoked, huh, Dylan? You'll be able to watch oh, more man. games. You know how excited I am to get up 4 a.m. and get blasted before the day's even begun? You know what we're going to need to do, Dylan, is uh, we talked about it all last season. We never made it happen. We're going to have to go to uh, a Tottenham watch party at, at, at the local uh, place that they do that just to, to do it. Uh, yeah, maybe so we're to borrow like an Arsenal jersey or a oh. um, West Ham jersey. Or Chelsea no Arsenal, jersey. no Chelsea. Just uh, Brent, West Ham. Brentford. Go for it, Brentford. Brentford. You can wear Brentford, yeah. Luton Town, bring all that. Brentford is like Chelsea babies, so, you know. If I bring you there in an Arsenal or a Chelsea, I will be banned for life. Um, I brought I brought my buddy who's a Newcastle fan. They they were welcoming and all that stuff. But, yeah, you're not coming if you're going to wear Arsenal or Chelsea. You're right. I have a soul. I can never do that. Um, but yeah, I know we'll have to do something like that. If Alan can somehow make the drive up here for one of those at like four in the morning, by all means, Alan, come out and join us. Uh, we go to Look this, at this little... face. He's clearly so excited to be doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We I'll go... get right on that one. We go to a little place. It's called Monk's Addiction. That's where the, the Orange County Tottenham supporters group hang out. It's a pretty cool little place. They have some decent little, they have a, a traditional English breakfast grilled cheese sandwich. So just think of all what's nope. in a traditional English nope. breakfast, nope. and it's stuffed into a grilled cheese. So you have the beans, no. the tomato, the English bacon, some eggs, some cheese, so uh, everything mushrooms. Is the grilled cheese sandwich boiled too? Uh, I don't think it, the grilled cheese is grilled cheese. It's it's got the toasted bread, but it's all that stuff is just tossed in the middle. It's, it's actually pretty good. It's something that, that you got to share with someone. It's very rich. Um, yeah. Soccer related. Hey, I think we're going to do something. I know Alan was bringing it up. We need to do a podcast paint thing. I painted this thing. I've never finished a drawing or painting in my life. I did this today. I know it sucks. It looks like a, a second grader did it, but this is me. All me. I did this from, from hand. There's no tracing. There's no lines. There's no paint by numbers or anything like that. So we'll have to do something. Maybe we'll do some random like night. We'll do a YouTube live video where each of us are trying to paint something and you can just watch us paint and see how horrible we are at painting. But uh, I, I thought it was pretty cool that Michael Seaton's mom saw this when I posted on Twitter and she said it was pretty cool and she she liked it. So and I think there was a few that said it was pretty cool. So um, does Michael Seaton's mom know you're not five? Uh, maybe she doesn't. But hey, I mean, if she's listening to the podcast, she probably has no idea. <laughs> I've never completed a painting or drawing. Like I've always started something and I just give up because I suck. I have no artistic hand in me at all in drawing, painting or anything like that. I've never tried to paint something. Maybe in like elementary school where you do like, you know, you know, follow the numbers or the lines, but I've never tried just on a blank canvas trying to paint something. For my first attempt, I think it's decent. People knew what I was trying to like some random girls like I I think you're painting a, a soccer something or other. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. It's a soccer supporter holding up a, a scarf. Some random girl. It's no way to talk about your wife. You know, it wasn't my wife. It was someone at, at it, this was something. It was like a team building type thing at work. Um, yeah. So you isolated yourself by making yourself the loser that loves lower division soccer. Way to yep. go, Ray. Yep. Yep. So your boss loves you. Hey, it is what it is. Fair enough. So we'll, we'll do something eventually. Uh, you're going to get to see what Dylan and Alec could do with a paintbrush. We'll do some sort of paint by numbers. Alan, I don't know if you still have your example of what you've painted with cats that look like mouse, mice. 
Cats look like mice. No, no, it is a mouse. It's got a bow tie and an owl. Have you ever seen a mouse? Because I don't think mice wear bow ties. What? Mickey Mouse. I've never seen a mouse wearing a bow tie. Mickey Mouse does. I'll make it happen. I'll catch a mouse and I'll put a bow tie on it. Hey, but what is it? What was that painting supposed to look like, Alan? Oh, it was supposed to look like this. This is my (laughs) wife's lovely rendition. It was supposed to be four cats and she killed it. And I decided. Yeah, yeah, I'm the weird one. I just decided to go crazy. A cat, a mouse, an owl. God, you know and another, another it's cat. Just all about you. Yeah, like just doing whatever you want. Beautiful Wait, owl. Like, I mean, come on. Is the blue cat stoned? Uh, no. This is a children's podcast or a family no. podcast. But the lemur is is crazy-eyed lemur. He is. <laughs> that is a crazy-eyed lemur. I didn't even know it was a lemur to start, man. For those yeah. of you that don't watch our live stream, you're missing out. If you're listening to our podcast, go to our YouTube channel or look for us on Facebook or Periscope and you can see what we're talking about here on, on this as we go on. Yeah, this is the fun part of the podcast where we go crazy. Dylan, I, I can't wait because you'll have to actually turn on a camera when we do this live like painting with... Uh, with Pia. I think we all got to dress up like that curly haired guy that used to paint on like uh, Bob Ross public access. Curly haired guy. My God. Happy trees, man. Oh, but I'm the young one that doesn't understand references. <laughs> it's on Netflix, right? That was not a happy mistake or a happy accident or whatever he refers to them. That was just bad. Just bad. Just bad. Um, any, <laughs> anything non-soccer we want to talk about before we get to the random stuff. We talked about earthquakes. We talked about fifth grade or or five year old looking paintings. We've talked about uh, Austin Bold. We've talked about Colorado Springs. It's already late into this podcast. People are ready. Oh for bed. yeah, Dylan, uh, I for need it. I need a pair of shorts. Um, and are you not wearing shorts right now, Dylan? I am wearing soccer shorts, but I can't wear soccer shorts everywhere. It, it doesn't look great. Um. You know, if you go to this cool store, it's called Costco. They have really cheap shorts that are actually pretty good quality. Anyway, I need shorts that aren't cargo shorts and maybe you're meant for people with some thicker thighs because anyone who knows me knows I've got some tree trunks, um, probably rivaling Sebastian the play. So, uh, I'm going to put your photo up there. Let's see. Everyone has got any recommendations. Tweet at us. Uh, Does Dylan have thunder thighs? For companies that make shorts that are <laughs> no longer than nine inches on the inseam and... Uh, decently wide and have some room in the seat. That'd be great. That's so basically opinion. Dylan wants some 80s style basketball shorts. No. <laughs> Everyone are too tight, send, him, send him some 80s style Larry, Bo- Larry Bird shorts. Larry Bored. Larry Bored. <laughs> um, yes, cool. Oh, and if anyone has found Dylan's missing uh, motorcycle helmet, uh, oh yeah, mail, mail it to him, Dylan. What's your home? No, address? just tweet me. Okay. Oh yeah, my home address is uh, sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington <laughs> D.C. Great. Um, yeah, no, but whoever stole Dylan's helmet, shame on you. That's not nice. You know, didn't you learn in kindergarten that you're not supposed to steal from your neighbor or your friend or whatever it is? Um, if anyone finds it, I think Dylan sent out like a tweet because he's not on Facebook, that if you see something on Craigslist, which if you're on Craigslist, that's a whole different story. I don't know why you're on Craigslist. But if you see his soccer helmet on Craigslist, or soccer helmet, um, 
I, I, for a moment there, I thought you were Peter Check, uh, Dylan. Uh, but uh, if you find his motorcycle helmet on Craigslist, Facebook, uh, whatever, let him know so that he can go hunt down this guy and get his helmet back because that sucks that someone stole it. Yes. I think it's random thoughts time. Um, <laughs> I just need all sorts of help this week. Shorts, maybe Helmets. a helmet. I kind of like my hey, head. Ladies and gentlemen, sell him and just send him a helmet. I don't care if it's a baseball don't helmet. Don't send me things. Just uh, a Peter Check helmet. Don't, I don't that's care. not helpful. <laughs> I'm going to send him a ice cream in this mini helmet, like a baseball game. <laughs> I hope it's really melted by the time. I hope it's like a soup. Yeah. Do it. Uh, do it. Uh, don't First do it class. overnight. Yeah. No, don't do it overnight. Do it. Yeah, no, ground. 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 Yeah. yeah. Order it, order it from New York and ship it ground to him. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Alan, what's your random thought for this week? Uh, my random thought for this week is... Do it, take it over the podcast. Look at that. Is, um, when you live in a city, you never really do touristy things in your city. Unless like people come in and you do touristy things. Uh, I'm going to encourage people to do some touristy things in their SeaWorld. local cities. Um, not SeaWorld, no. Uh, I went kayaking this uh, this past weekend out in La Jolla, and it was phenomenal. And I have been here for too long to not have done that. Uh, so if there are touristy things, you're like, ah, oh, it's too touristy. Go and do it. It's probably fun because that's why it's touristy. Unless it's Old Town San Diego, don't go to Old Town San Diego. It's so you're telling all touristy. our listeners to go to Disneyland, basically, is what you're telling our no, listeners. No, no, no. I'm how talking much, about like, how much is the mouse paying you? You talk. You, you got your mouse with a bow tie on your painting, and now you're telling our our, our, our listeners he doesn't even wear a bow tie, man. What kind of Mickey Mouse operation do you think we're running here? Hey, um, now we're so, talking. Uh, yeah, now we're getting sued. Um, <laughs> no, uh, they're gonna take us down. Just those, like you know, those tours or those like going excursiony things. Segway tour of San Diego. Don't do that. Um, segways are nerdy. Um, although okay. you can get a helmet as a band teacher. Bird, yeah. bird I'm about San Diego. Hey, I'm a band teacher. Bird. I know what's nerdy and what's not nerdy. Yeah, that's true. And I'm... you cover lower division soccer. <laughs> true. It's a good thing you're already married. Otherwise, you really need to have no chance. Right? No, just uh, find something a little bit like you've been waiting to do or you're like that you would do if your friends came into town, but you wouldn't do otherwise. Just go out and do it. It's going to be fun. Jump out of a plane without a parachute. Yeah. Or go see Orange County Soccer. Swim with sharks without a cage. You know, hey. Um, Dylan, Dylan, don't do any of those things I just said. Dylan, what is your random thought of the day? Well, I'm going to start with my literature recommendation. Shorts? This the, no. Thanks, Helmets. Right? No, also not that. Um, so my literature <laughs> recommendation for this week is a novel from Truman Capote called In Cold Blood. It's about uh, some murders that happened in Holcomb, Kansas a very long time ago. It's a great read. Um, it's just nice to see a really human side of people that are often very dehumanized. Um, and it's kind of a nice reminder that maybe we're not all that different. Um, Alan's apparently recommending the book on tape on Audible, which I think is just probably an MP3, maybe an MP4. If you pay for some extra, maybe it's in flack, so it's lossless and you get that real high quality. Um, but whether or not you read everything I recommend, or if you just listen to an audio book or something, cliff notes, don't do that. You don't actually learn anything, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's well worth 
the time it takes to read. It's a pretty short read anyway. Um, just a, an amazingly well-written, well-told story. Alan was like nodding like he's read that. Have you read that, Alan? Uh, I have not read it. I uh, wait, done... wait. Alan, have you read any of Dylan's recommendations? Uh, no, I've listened to the book on tape, though. Oh, okay. Okay. From In Cold Blood, and it is um, pretty good. It's um, based on a true story, and he basically interviews these two guys who are uh, in trouble about this murder. And in trouble. That's a way to put it. Um, I don't want to like, spoil I don't want to spoil <laughs> don't anything. Don't spoil it. We're not. Okay. That's, that's not a spoiler. Dylan, that's just. If you're going to give setting. away the story, Dylan, you got to say spoiler alert so people can stop um, the podcast it, right it, now. 14 and a half hours of Audible. Uh, so you can probably read it way faster than that. It's a good, you know, it's a good uh, couple weekends at the beach book. Now, did you have like, did you do the version where like Betty White is reading it to you, Alan? Uh, no, it's actually, this is going to be even way nerdier. It's Gilbert Gottfried. It's Scott Brick, and Scott Brick's <laughs> voice is super creepy and it's great. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. Uh, someone needs to create a website, team up with Gilbert Godfrey, and he reads books, and you can get those as like the audibles. And I'll BRB. Okay. Alan will be BRB. Be right back. Um, my random thought, and I'm super excited, and this is nothing to do with soccer, but it's still sports related. I've been a Clipper fan since the 80s. Uh, never has there been a day. Bye, everyone. Never has there been a day where Clipper fans could be so excited. Not only did we get Kawhi Leonard, but we got Paul George. We did give away a junk load of draft picks to get him. But anytime you can get a top, what, seven or eight player in the league, you got to do it. Uh, the the awesome, the, the most awesome, I was going to say awesomest, but I know people will give me a hard time on that. So the most awesome part of it is both of the players that the Clippers got, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, the Lakers wanted them over the last couple of seasons and the Clippers got them. The Lakers sort of have to fall back onto some um, random players. I know they got like, you know, DeMarcus Cousins and, and a bunch of these other players, but I'm stoked for the Clippers. Uh, the only thing that would make this an even better, amazing thing is to have Ralph Lawler back for one more season where the Clippers actually have a shot at an NBA championship. And Alan, I know you got to be happy for it because they are San Diego roots there. The LA Clippers are amazing. They're going to be awesome. Koi Leonard, SDSU graduate. Yes, yes. Uh, so I, I think it's awesome. And the, the best part, and we talked about a little bit earlier, is everyone wrote the Clippers off. No one thought the Clippers had a shot at it. Everyone was talking about it's either the Lakers, the Raptors, Chris Broussard, a bunch of other people. And the Clippers were just sitting there silently, like, doing their things. And, and it made people think, and, and I've seen all these articles now, is the Clippers are stealth. A lot of these moves they make, they come out of nowhere. So this whole move for a Paul George or getting Kawhi Leonard to, to agree to come to you, it was all stealth. It all worked out. Clippers are going to be awesome next year. It's going to be amazing. The cool thing is this is the first time in like four or five years we're in basketball. There's legitimately like eight or nine teams that have a shot at a title instead of just it being either the Warriors or the Cavaliers is what it was for the last few seasons. I know the Raptors won recently. That was sort of lucky because the Warriors were injured. But I'm excited about it. I've been a lifelong Clipper fan. Um, great things. Awesome. But I'm, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I know it's not a championship yet, but I'm excited about that. And yes, um, Andy, I know you could care less about the NBA. I, you'd rather me talk about Tottenham right now, but I'm going to talk about the NBA because it, again, I've been a fan since the eighties 
anyone that loves a team that long, when you can have a moment like this, you got to just sort of enjoy it, be excited about it and share it with everyone, which is what I'm doing here. Uh, but yeah, cool. And Tottenham. Yay. So I got you, Andy. Ha, you had to hear me talk about Tottenham and the Clippers. Um, all right, cool. Any last uh, words uh, before we uh, sign off Dylan or Alan? Yeah, um, Luton Town sold their two starting fullbacks from last season's League One promotion into the championship in James Justin and Jack Stacy to Leicester City and Bournemouth for something like a combined 14 to 20 million pounds. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh, so if you see those guys, just remember that they started um, their careers in Luton, especially uh, James Justin, who was, you know, uh, he was a youth academy graduate. So there is hope that one day Orange County will be like that too, as we establish some things. Oh, and you know what I really want? If there's some billionaire listening to this, uh, invest in Orange County uh, in, into the club. We don't need any other investment. Uh, don't invest in real estate here. Um, also, can you create a women's team? Because that would be freaking sweet. All right. Thanks. All right. Um, I'm going to do this really quick. I want to thank all my listeners or all of our listeners who've been listening since day one. Thanks for continuing to listen to the podcast each and every week. We love it. We, we're, we're grateful for you listening to us. And it's the reason why we keep doing this. For those of you listening, maybe for the first time or very recently, go back and check some of our older episodes at our website, ocscpodcast.com or orangeandblacksoccercast.com, whichever is easier for you to remember. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at OCSC underscore soccercast. And we're on Facebook, Orange and Black Soccercast. You can follow me on Twitter at DJ Ray Samora. You can follow Dylan on Twitter at... OCSC underscore Dylan. You can also find me on Reddit at the same thing, which is slash you slash OCSC underscore Dylan. And Alan, if he's around, I don't know if Alan. A Underwood 48 at on the Twitter machines. At on. Or you can email him. You can also email him. (laughs) Yeah. Just pick a hosting website after the at and see which one works. You know, Alan with his name, I'm sure you could search Alan Underwood and you'll find him wherever he's at, whether it's email, Twitter, Facebook, or whatever. Uh, Again, thank you for listening to us. Thanks for checking our episode. Look for us next week. Follow us. Keep doing that. Uh, This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.